Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey guys, we are back after a sort of unplanned little break there. Thanks for bearing with me. The last episode was right before I hosted my first virtual retreat in early May, and it's later June now, so it's been several weeks, and a lot has happened in those weeks in the U.S., and I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, the retreat was really amazing. Of course, unfortunate that we couldn't do it in Italy as originally planned. Uh, We are going to do that next year. But the virtual version was so cool. It worked so well. And I just want to give a shout out to everyone who participated. Thank you for showing up for yourselves, for each other. We had a fabulous group. And I'm really looking forward to hosting another retreat. So stay tuned for more in that arena. You can follow updates at travelingjackie.com slash retreat if you want to learn more about that. And since that was my big, huge project that I undertook during lockdown, uh, which was transferring my retreat into a virtual experience, I ended up needing to just take a little break from all of my work and allow myself some personal time to just recharge. This has been a crazy (laughs) season, just full of ups and downs. One of the ups that I am so grateful for is that this show has recently been featured in both the New York Times and Travel and Leisure. Just massive features. It's amazing to me to watch this show continue to grow. So if you are new here, welcome to Jump. I'm glad you're here. I cannot take all the credit for this show's growth because as my longtime listeners are well aware, I would not still be here without them. (laughs) This show is one part me and one part you and uh, the rest of my incredible listeners out there. And I have to add, obviously, a shout out to my brave guests and my saint of an editor, Hayden who was originally a listener as well. So this is a group effort we've got going on here. We're all on this adventure of a podcast together. So welcome. Please dig around and explore episodes from the past six years. And uh, please come over to Instagram. and Say hi to me at Traveling Jackie. I love hearing from you guys. Let me know where you're listening from and what is inspiring you and what you want to hear more of. Currently, in case you're listening to this in the future, I just mentioned it's June of 2020, that is. The world is still pausing for COVID, and in the U.S., Black Lives Matter has been center stage. There is a lot going on right now, except for travel, unfortunately. And I want to talk about this movement for a few minutes because I believe it's important. I attended a Black Lives Matter rally here in Montana uh, several weeks ago now. It was peaceful. It was beautiful. Thousands of people in my small town attended. It was super powerful. And I'm going to actually read to you something that I wrote and shared the next day on my Instagram. This was from June 1st. Despite wishing for travel to safely open, it feels necessary to be home right now. Wild and important moments are unfolding this week, and I'm glad I'm here to watch, listen, educate myself, and participate in my home country's happenings. Yesterday, I attended a rally in support of Black, Brown, and Native lives in my own community and across the nation. It was peaceful, powerful, moving, and eye-opening, especially when a young Native woman took the stage and vulnerably shared her fears surrounding the truth of her reality, which is so different from mine. Talk about courage, not to mention putting my white privilege in check. Today, I voted. I also took a lot of time figuring out which words to use here when there are a million thoughts in my head, but I realize that it isn't about having the right words to say. It's about listening. It's about being part of the conversation at all and not ignoring the heartbreaking, sick-to-my-stomach feeling I get when I watch what happened to George Floyd or any of the news these days, for that matter. No, I don't yet have a list of resources or book recommendations or a blog post full of my million thoughts to share with you on this. 
If you have resources or books to share with me, please leave them below. What I know is that I want to be an ally, ask questions, learn the language, and be part of the conversation and the change. I'm so glad I'm not gone right now. This is important and I want to show up. So I after I posted that, I got some great responses and some good recommendations. And of course, there's no shortage of resources and voices just everywhere on every medium to meet us right where we are, which is so important because I think that in this movement amongst all the noise and all the expectation and even all the shaming, it's really important to filter through that noise, even when a lot of it is good and find a genuine connection, something like a book or a show or a person that speaks to us personally in such a way that will actually alter a foundation of thought within us and encourage us to design a new perspective and path to walk with empathy and solidarity and compassion and support for the Black community and ultimately for being better humans and better allies against systemic oppression. I will speak for myself as a white person. I am recognizing that I have a lot to learn in this arena. So I want to understand that and know what it looks like for me personally to, quote, do the work. I know I'm going to continue learning every day, which means that even now, by the time this publishes, my thoughts are going to be updated. And some of you may agree with me on this. Some of you may not. My semantics may or may not be, quote, right. But it matters less what I say and more where my heart is in this and my willingness to learn and do. Because I I believe that the only way to truly show up for this, for the Black community, is to be genuine in our desire to show up and not just give it lip service. And that is only going to come from true connection, true compassion. And we get that through education, through exposure, and from paying attention and listening, by having conversations, by doing the work, which won't happen overnight. So I just want to share one of the places where I personally am finding true connection and inspiration to keep learning and challenging myself to be a better ally. Um, You may have heard of her. One of my friends and super successful, badass travel bloggers is Gloria Atanmo. She's a black travel blogger. You guys may actually recall when she was on the podcast. I think it was four years ago now. And you may know her from elsewhere anyway, because she's kind of a big deal. She blogs at the Blog Abroad, and she is at Glow Graphics on Instagram. And she has been putting out some really interesting and educational tidbits of content on her Instagram lately. Uh, She knows it's not a black person's job to educate white people, but she feels called to share and teach. So she's doing it. And I personally am so grateful because I already know and trust her, which takes out the filtering through the noise step for me there. She speaks to me. I've learned so much just from paying attention to her platform lately. So I want to share her Instagram with you if you're not already following her. So I'll say it again. It's at Glow Graphics. It's G-L-O Graphics, like graphic design. G-R-A-P-H-I-C-S. Glow Graphics. I highly respect her. She's an incredible human. So if you're interested in a Black voice from the travel industry to be listening to right now, follow Gloria at Glow Graphics. She actually did, uh, she just did a really great Instagram live interview with Gabby Bernstein, uh, which she, Gabby Bernstein is an author. Um, I've read a couple of her books. I think it's amazing that they got to do this interview together. It was just raw and honest. And I recommend spending the time to watch it. You can find it on at Gabby Bernstein under her posts or on her IGTV right now. Glow has also created and published a resource called 30 Days and 30 Ways to Be a Better Ally. You can get it at allyresourceguide.com. I just started it. And if any of you want to do it alongside me, come on, let's do it together. I'd be happy to have some accountability buddies there. Um, I just posted on Instagram when I started it on June 22nd. So you can leave a comment on that 
post of mine from June 22nd if you choose to do it as well. It'd be cool. Um, and I would like to share a quote with you that you've likely heard before, but I've always seen it as sort of a roadmap for maximizing the human experience, especially because it lends to the curiosity of travel, which I, of course, have always been drawn to. Um, you may recognize this. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. That is, of course, Mark Twain. Uh, So my people, my friends, I believe that if you're here with me in the travel arena, we're on the right track. Let's stay curious. Let's keep traveling, even figuratively in our own country right now. Let's keep learning. Let's keep opening our minds and our hearts to other people and cultures. Let's listen to their stories. Let's put our money where it makes a positive impact. Let's be responsible travelers, both abroad and at home. Let's just do our best to be responsible humans. Hey? Um, Also, I'd like to add, I hope that through all of this, that you are taking care of yourself right now. This is a hard time. There's a lot of heaviness in the world, just in general. And then we each have our personal lives with struggles on top of that, which means I think we need to exercise compassion big time right now as much as we can towards others. And also we need to be gentle with ourselves because our best efforts, our best love, our best energy, our most sincere compassion come from being our best selves. So I truly hope that throughout this entire crazy roller coaster season that you are okay and that you are prioritizing taking care of yourself right now. And I want to say thank you for being here, for listening, for letting me speak to you, for hanging out with me today. I appreciate the opportunity to be in your ears. Since this is sort of an altogether strange time to have a travel podcast, I decided to take today to listen to you and what you want to hear. Um, I put a call out on my Instagram asking for questions. So today we're doing an Ask Jackie session, which we have not done since episode 85. And I'm realizing there are probably a lot of you guys out there who have been listening for a while and haven't ever heard an Ask Jackie session. So, whoa, we're doing it today. So here are some of the questions and topics that we're going to get into today. Uh, COVID, of course, and travel. And when we're going to be able to travel again. Um, How to overcome fear of not being athletic enough for adventure travel. What is the one item I cannot travel without? Fun and unique adventure honeymoon ideas. And there's going to be a lightning round style of some personal type questions. And we're also going to touch on how to create a successful travel podcast or business and grow your audience and some other things sprinkled in there. You guys came out of all the fields with these questions. So um, thank you so much for those of you who submitted questions. I got a lot of them and I picked a lot of them. So um, we shall get into that today. Today's episode is supported by Manta Sleep at mantasleep.com. And if you guys are light sleepers like me or you ride planes, check this out. Manta Sleep believes having quality sleep is the foundation for everything good that happens in life. Honestly, I couldn't agree more. I go to incredibly great lengths to try to control my sleep environment because I'm such a light sleeper. And that, of course, includes traveling with an eye mask. Enter Manta Sleep. These guys have created a modular eye mask. So imagine little soft cups that comfortably fit over your eyes with zero pressure on your eyelids or lashes. They do not touch your eyes at all, which is the best part. No lines on your face, no messed up mascara, puffy eyes, or smushed eyelashes. And the eye cups are adjustable so you can move them around to fit your face. Um, Also, they're 100% blackout. I have had one of these for about a year now. 
And I especially recommend them for planes and naps. And you can use code JUMP10 to save 10% when you purchase from their website. So mantasleep.com, that's M-A-N-T-A, like a manta ray. Mantasleep.com, check them out. They have more than just cool eye masks on their website. So let's give them some love for supporting the show. So we're going to start with the big, bad COVID subject, which mostly will be strategies and uh, resources for you to follow since things are changing every day. Uh, And this would be very quickly outdated if I actually gave you an update on what's open. So I'll go through the questions that you guys sent me. Uh, We had two that were sort of similar. When do you think you'll feel comfortable traveling internationally again? And what will make you feel comfortable flying or traveling again in a COVID-19 world? So here's what I think. Uh, Face masks may now just simply be the new normal for travel, even post-COVID. So I think we can just start getting used to wearing those in airports and on planes. As far as my own level of comfort goes for actually leaving my home and traveling, I will once it is safely allowed. That is already happening in Europe. The EU has mostly opened up to EU citizens. But unfortunately, because of numbers here in the U.S., We aren't welcome yet. I think we're going to be the last ones welcome. Um, And I will bring with me a hand sanitizer or mask, whatever I need to carry with me. But I'm not afraid to travel. What we need to be aware of is spreading the virus, even if we ourselves are not immunocompromised, of course. So this means wearing the mask, sanitizing, washing hands, social distancing, all of the things that we've been learning Um, And, you know, maybe not going to visit grandma or your friend with asthma right away after returning home. Uh, We still need to be smart about it. We absolutely have to be responsible. And if restrictions are lifted and we are safely allowed to move about the cabin, then I will go. You guys don't have to. Your decision to stay or go is yours uh, once it is in your control, meaning right now it's not up to us until foreign governments decide to welcome us. And I am largely speaking for the U.S. here. It depends on residents. So border restrictions right now depend on where you are right now, not necessarily your nationality. So I'm speaking for if you reside within the U.S., that's where my perspective is coming from. Personally, I have a group trip planned right now for a a jump trip planned for Croatia at the end of September. And I have all my fingers and toes crossed that it's going to be a go. We are still waiting for a final verdict on that. We have to wait until Croatia says we are welcome. So on that note, the best way to keep up on travel restrictions uh, and border closures, et cetera, is to research the individual country you are planning on going to. So go to the embassy website in that country. For example, uh, let's use Croatia. If you Google U.S. Embassy Croatia, you'll see it come up. It'll be a .gov website, and there will be a COVID-19 page listed under each of these websites that you can check to see where they stand with border restrictions. And again, this is for where you're coming from, where you're a resident of right now, um, because It doesn't matter if you are, you know, if you are from the United States, but you're living in the UK right now, then it matters what, what, what it is for UK. It doesn't as matter, matter as much where your passport is from. It matters where you're coming from. So, um, pay attention to that. That's how you can Google it. Look for the embassy websites because they are the ones functioning with the UNWTO, which is the world tourism organization. Um, that's where the information is coming down from is from the government websites. Uh, So tourism is reopening very slowly. It is an opening though. And there is a lot of optimism around that. But since we are in the US, we were hit hard and late. We are also going to get a late invitation to the tourism party here. But there is a lot of hope out there that it will be sometime later this summer. But it really is all up in the air. So we sort of just have to watch and see what happens. And paying attention to those embassy websites is the true facts of what's going on, even though you can follow, I mean, you can Google like, when will Americans be allowed to travel to Europe? And you'll get 
articles from Forbes and Business Insider and, you know, big websites that speculate, but they're speculations. And they do have facts, you know, some about uh, which countries have opened already to EU, etc. But I mean, that's just one small example. There's still all the rest of the world, too. And so the, I mean, for regions to travel to. So the best way is just to look specifically at the government websites. Another question I got on this, do you think international travel will require more approvals to enter, screenings, paperwork, etc.? This I cannot speculate on. It's up to each country. So the bottom line is make sure you know the rules going both directions, meaning arriving in the country, your destination country, and coming home from that country when you make your future travel plans. And again, these are going to be changing. And so don't check once, like keep checking. (laughs) Keep checking up until you go, like, make sure you know what you're dealing with. Uh, It is going to be a rocky environment here for a while. So regarding flights, if you have a trip planned and you do not already have a flight, here's what I think. And please note, this is just my opinion, okay? How you spend your money and plan your trip is up to you and you alone, But if you find a good deal on a flight and you have a good feeling that you'll be able to go on your trip, then go ahead and book it for two reasons. One, most major airlines, and by the way, please don't book through a third-party service. Like no Kayak, no Orbitz, no Expedia. Don't, don't do it. Book through the airline only because that that is what is going to make it the easiest for you to change later, okay, when you are dealing with one company. So... Number one, most major airlines are implementing pretty decent change policies right now. They get it, okay? So I'd say research the airline's current cancel or change policies for COVID. And if you feel good about it, just do it. And two, get cancel for any reason travel insurance. You can book anything at all with this insurance. You have to get it within a couple of weeks of booking. They're different with their uh, requirements there. So just just know that you need to do it right away. But I'd say if you book anything during COVID, get this insurance right away and then you're covered. You can also use your travel credit cards to book flights and those cover trip cancellations. But <laughs> during COVID, there is a lot of fine print. So I still stand with the cancel for any reason travel insurance. It's peace of mind. And if you need more, if you need links or more information or just somewhere to start with travel insurance, you can go to travelingjackie.com slash insurance and you can poke around there if you want. There's a, there is a link there to uh, a company that offers cancel for any reason travel insurance. It's worth doing your research on these things right now. Okay. And basically what that does is it covers you for uh, anything that's non-refundable. So if you're booking with any companies where there might be something that's non-refundable, um, your cancel for any reason travel insurance will come, uh, will, that's where it comes into play is what I'm trying to say. Um, one last question on COVID. Are you planning on organizing another Patagonia trip post Corona? And the answer is a resounding hell yes. (laughs) I'm not planning one for this fall of 2020. Very sadly, Um, it'll be the first time in five years that I haven't done that, but it's just because we don't know. We don't know if it's going to come back this winter or what. So I'm holding off on that for now. Um, although if we are allowed to travel, I might go anyway, because this bird cannot wait to escape the cage. On that note though, if it does not come back this winter, if we don't get a second wave, uh, and travel continues to increase steadily, then I could see running another trip as early as March of 2021 to to still get into the next season in Patagonia. So we'll see. A lot is just wait and see right now. It's really hard. I know, you guys, I feel your pain. Trust me. It's hard. But we do just sort of have to wait and see what happens. Or we get canceled for any reason travel insurance. But for my part the amount of work that goes into planning the group trip. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm I'm still just hoping that Croatia will fall right into that sweet spot um, and that it'll be, that we'll be invited, that we'll be able to go. That trip is sold out at the moment. I do have a wait list. Um, if you guys want to stay updated for any of that, which I just spoke about, my group trips, sign up for updates at jumpexperiences.com. All right, let's move on to some other 
questions. There are a lot of questions here. So I'm just going to go through these sort of off the cuff. We're going to start with um, sort of adventure travel related. Then we're, we have a couple packing questions, gear related questions. Then we'll do the personal questions and we'll end with uh, some of the business related stuff. So, all right, here goes. How do you connect with people of other cultures and more specifically, those who speak a different language? <laughs> this is so fun. This is part of the adventure of travel. Personally, I'm a language person. And so I love to try and connect via language. But when that's not a possibility, even for me, I find one of the most incredible ways to connect with people is food. Food, food, food. If you do any kind of food experience when you are in your destination country, even if you don't speak the language, having a guide, you know, take you through uh, a local market where you get to interact with the vendors or doing some sort of cooking class. Um, I mean, or just having a meal maybe at like an agroturismo or like, you know, that's, that's hosted in someone's house or um, food is a fabulous way to connect with people. So I, I highly recommend that you seek out meals, food experiences, culinary experiences. They are the ones you remember. Those are the ones you remember. And then of course you have, you know, facial expressions, body language, um, and energy. Energy is a big one. You just can, you really can connect with people just without words, you know? And then of course, if you are feeling adventurous, I highly recommend that you learn some of their language. I like to, I like to try and learn at least some words, which are usually hello, please, thank you, goodbye, cheers is one of my favorite ones. Smiling goes a long way, you know. So yeah, the people experiences are one of the best in travel. And so seek those out. Don't be afraid, even if you don't speak the local language. How to recreate a travel experience to someone you love who cannot physically travel so the person can experience. This is interesting. If you know that this is going to happen, like if you haven't taken your trip yet, video is massive. Video is so massive. If you can take your own videos, do it. If you have an option to purchase a video that was recorded while you were bungee jumping or whatever, you know, do it. If, I mean, hopefully the person can see. So if if you, if you can use video, that is the best way to do it. Even if you didn't do it yourself, you can Google from the same place or the same experience and see if other people have sort of uploaded these videos. But I also would say, aside from, you know, a video, like a, like a documentation of the, of the experience, get out your storytelling skills, you know, get out your photos and take them on the experience. Just sit down with them and show them. I mean, I used to do this it was so, oh man, this hasn't happened in so long, but my parents used to look forward to sort of like a slideshow time. Like I would come back from a giant trip or whatever. And I mean, they'd be so excited to just like sit down and just watch just like, okay, Jackie, go like show us everything. Tell us everything, you know? And so I would say become a storyteller if you, uh, and just do your best, you know? Um, another thing is to cook them a meal from the place that you went. So Again, coming back to food, food is a powerful one. If you can learn a new recipe or something, you know, to kind of maybe recreate that experience for them, there are a lot of ways you can do it. I, I would say just get creative. That's a really good question. How do you compensate? Okay, this is kind of a strange question. How do you compensate the lack of travels to avoid post-travel blues? If I'm understanding you right, I think you mean right now, like how am I dealing with not traveling? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm going to go with. Stay busy. So travel is one of my passions, but I am a very passionate person. I have a lot of other passions. And so for me, it's find a passion project. Find a passion project, something that I can work on. And so for me, in the meantime, just while I haven't been traveling now, I've been working on you know, my work, which I'm very passionate about. It's something that's keeping me busy, kind of keeping me, my head down. It's for a purpose. It's keeping me sane right now until I can travel again. But there are a lot of other ways that I sort of look to bring travel home. Uh, and 
I mean, I find that through music that I collect in other countries. That's a big one for me. Dancing is also a fun one, although usually that has to happen within my own home because I live in Montana. (laughs) There's not a lot of diversity here when it comes to dancing and culture. Um, Dinners, again, going back to food, you know, recipes, trying new things. Then there's also the escape of a really good travel book. I highly recommend Dan Brown to you guys. If you guys haven't read Dan Brown, he's so fun to read. Uh, He wrote The Da Vinci Code. You probably know that. But that is not even the best of his books. All of his books take place somewhere, like somewhere specific, usually abroad. And you just feel like you're there. So if you want a really fun escape travel (laughs) book, Dan Brown. We have an entire list actually on the Budget Minded Traveler of travel books. So if you want that was created by the BMT community on Facebook. So if you if you're interested in that, you can go to the budgetmindedtraveler.com slash books and see what's on there. Also movies slash movies. Travel movies are such a fun way to sort of just escape for a little bit. Some of my favorite travel movies are well under the Tuscan Sun. Okay, yes. It's like my favorite movie. I love it. I will watch that movie on repeat. But Italy speaks to me. So it's one of my things. I also really like the way if you haven't seen The Way, check out The Way. It's a, it's about the Camino de Santiago. I think we've actually mentioned it here on the show at some point. But, um, you know, sometimes you just need to escape. <laughs> and so books and movies, I find, are great for that. Also, plan a trip. Travel will return, okay? Planning a trip is a really great way to sort of get your mindset in a way to look forward. You can start you can start the saving. You can start, I mean, dreaming. You can start collecting the gear. You, there's a lot you can do to in planning a trip, even if you don't know exactly when that's going to happen yet. That's okay. So that's basically, those are the things that I'm sort of doing right now. I'm staying busy, doing other passions, things that really light me up, you know, and then um, every now and then I'll take a travel escape. So next question, how to overcome fear of not being athletic enough for adventure travel, like hiking and biking? I love this question. You know what? This is a mindset. So my question for you is, what kind of traveling do you really want to do? Because if you want to hike and bike and kayak, I'm telling you, you can. There is a way if there is a will, okay? You can train, you can practice, you can research, You can do a lot of things to get your mindset into that arena. If you really want to do some sort of adventure travel, that is up to you and you alone. Nothing will stop you. And also, there is nothing, nothing that makes you feel more alive than facing your fears. Truly. I think it's sort of a strange addiction that I have, even though it terrifies me is facing my fears. I tend to do it a lot when I'm traveling, when I'm facing different adventures. I am very much afraid of heights and water, and I find myself doing adventure activities in heights and water over and over. And it's it's freaking scary, man. But you know what? I feel so alive afterwards, and I feel so much stronger. And I mean, ugh, it's like a, it's like raw. Like you can feel the air. Like it's it's intense. Um, facing your fears. It's amazing. So I encourage you all to do that as often as you can muster the courage. There is limitless potential for personal growth and strength and confidence when you face your fears. So I would work first on that mindset. Just just get there so you can actually do it, okay? Uh, Fun and unique honeymoon ideas and best place for an adventurous honeymoon. Yeah, people, I love this. Um, Okay, off the cuff, I'm going to list a few that are going to come to mind right now. If you're, oh man, and these are adventures, but hey, this is is what I do. So there is a place in Cotopaxi, Ecuador. Uh, This is where I host my women's retreats. uh, Well, I did for the last couple of years. It's called Hacienda El Porvenir. I'm trying to think of what's going to be easiest for you guys to look up. Um, I can put it in the show notes, but this is a highland, highland, underline highland. It's uh, 12,000 feet. So if you have issues with elevation, do not choose this one. But it is a family run. I know the owners. It's a family run hacienda way up 
uh, next to Cotopaxi National Park. It is absolutely gorgeous in the avenue of the volcanoes. And everything's on site. So you get these amazing, cozy, comfy little rooms uh, with fireplaces. And there are horses. You can take horseback rides. That's where we do our ropes course. You can go hiking, biking. The food is amazing. Um, I'm I'm in love with this place. So I think it would be such a fabulous <laughs> adventure honeymoon. It's quiet. I mean, you're sort of catered to. It's a small hacienda. So there's only like 12 rooms or something. So there's never going to be a lot, lot of people there. And what's cool about Ecuador is it doesn't really matter what time of year you go because it's near the equator. So the the weather, while not always awesome, it's always pretty consistent. And I go in February because it's generally pretty nice in February. So there's one idea for you. Another one that comes to mind is kayak camping and whale watching in Baja, which is uh, let's see. It's actually out of Loreto. So if you've ever heard me talk about Loreto, that's where I lived for a couple months, a couple years ago in the middle of my big nomadic travels. But you can do this with row adventures. That's an easier one. Row, like rowing a boat. Row adventures. Um, they're actually out of Idaho and they work with they work with locals in Mexico. I've done this trip with them and it is so it knocked my socks off. It was fabulous. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into and it was just freaking rad, man. So um, you spend a few days and it's it's a three, three day, three day thing. So they have all sorts of options down there, but you spend three days kayak camping. So you get in these kayaks and you're paddling around the islands of Loreto Bay National Park. It's gorgeous. There's no one around. You're camping on private beaches. The stars come out at night. I mean, private beaches meaning you have to have a permit to be there. So you're going to be the only ones there. And it's all supported. They have like a boat that comes with you. There's a chef. I mean, it is so, so I really, really want to do this again. So there's three days on that side. So this is the Sea of Cortez side of Baja. And then you transfer and you go over to the Pacific side and you go to whale camp. It's <laughs> so fun. You stay in like canvas tents. Uh, this is like a perma camp for the season. They they set it up and tear it down every year, but it's permanent like for the season. And you go and you just take boats out. You learn about gray whales and it is so cool. And also no one around. I mean, you'll see other boats when you're out there, but you could just go out and whale watch each day and you learn about the whales, which I think is one of the... It's, you, it's like you attend whale school. <laughs> it's really interesting. You get to watch sunsets over the dunes and over the ocean. And it's, I mean, you are out there. You feel it. It's beautiful. So that's another one, row adventures. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm going to mention a self-guided bike tour. Do a self-guided bike tour. Go to biketours.com and explore. By the way, none of these are sponsored. These are just what I'm coming up with. I did a few bike tours in 2018 in Europe, and I absolutely fell in love with it. In episode, you can go back and listen to episode 91, which was about my self guided and solo, by the way. So if I did this by myself, you can definitely do this with your partner. Bike tour along the Danube River in Austria. I started just inside the German border in Passau, Germany, and rode my bike 220 miles to Vienna. That is, it's one of those where you can't get lost as you're going along the river the whole way. Like you really can't get lost. You can take wrong turns, but you won't get lost. You know, it's pretty flat. Go listen to that episode if that at all interests you. Episode 91 was that one. I also did from south to north through the Swiss Alps. You can listen to that episode in, uh, that was episode 104. And I did that one with uh, my friend Carly, who you'll hear her on the episode too. But I, what I love about the idea of doing the self-guided bike tour is that it's just you. So you decide what you do all day, but it's supported. So someone else carries your bag from hotel to hotel. You're not roughing it. You get to decide what kind of accommodations you want to stay in. I mean, when we were in Switzerland, we were staying in <laughs> such nice hotels with like spas and we got fondue every night. And I mean, we chose where we got to eat our dinners. And I mean, it was, it was very, very, there was a lot of freedom, just enough support to feel like, yes, this is the coolest design for a trip. 
And so I, I'm such a fan of the bike trip. If you're going to do an adventure honeymoon, give it a shot. I was not a biker, a biker, a cyclist, whatever. Before this, I was sort of afraid to <laughs> see how I was going to do on the bike. And oh man, I will tell you, I actually finally this week, this week, this is one of the coolest things that has happened since COVID. I actually got my own bike finally. <laughs> because I love it so much. I got a hybrid touring bike. There's a rack on it. I'm like ready to put panniers on it and go travel because this is how much I enjoyed these trips. And I mean, you guys know, I'm planning this bike and boat trip in Croatia this this fall. That's what we're doing. It's it's biking, island hopping and biking in Croatia. And I mean, I'm I'm hooked. I'm obsessed. I love it. And so I cannot speak highly enough of taking a bike tour if you want an adventurous honeymoon. Heck yeah. That's, uh, again, you can look at biketours.com for that. I am a very proud ambassador of them. So ask me if you have questions about that. And actually, I have a lot of content on my website about my bike tours. So you can go to travelingjackie.com slash bike tours if you want to watch the videos and see more about my adventures there. I could make this its own show. I love this question about fun and unique honeymoon ideas. Um, And congrats, by the way, if you're planning a honeymoon. Moving on, packing. What is the one item you cannot travel without? That would be the first thing that always comes to my mind when somebody asks me that is my anchor charger. If you go to travelingjackie.com slash pack, you will see all the things that I like currently use for all the different arenas of my travels. It includes my mobile office, my adventure gear, like my regular clothes, my shoes, just my luggage, just everything is at that link travelingjackie.com slash pack. One of the things you'll see on there is a charger. It's Anchor, A-N-K-E-R. It is a fast charging and holds multiple charges for my phone because, oh man, especially as a solo female traveler, I do not leave without my phone. I always have my phone. I have service wherever I go because I use T-Mobile. And so I my phone can be my lifeline. And so I need to make sure that it is always charged and I do not travel without my Anchor charger. And the, the Anchor is just, it's a great brand. I've actually had this exact charger. It's the its the one that I've had since 2015. I have not lost it. I've used it on the daily. It is still going strong. It holds like six charges. So anyway, uh, I linked to that in that post, but that is definitely the thing that I, even here, I mean, it's sitting right next to me. I'm holding it right now because it's on my desk. It's what I use to charge because it has a lightning fast charger, you know, it's fast. And so it's actually what I use to charge my phone whenever I charge it. But it is just, it's my trusty charger. So that would be the thing. Next question. Let's hear about your paddleboarding arsenal, <laughs> board, cooler gear, etc. So I use an iRocker paddleboard. And when you get it, it comes with a pump and paddle and leash and like all the things they also have a really cool thing that's like a, it's a deck. They call it a deck cooler. And it's just this little waterproof, which is important, a zipper cooler that actually hooks to the straps on the board. And yes, it's a cooler, but I use it for whatever I'm taking with me. It's kind of like my replacement of a, a dry bag when I'm on my paddleboard, just because it's so easy to clip in and access and whatever. So I will throw my phone, my keys in it. And the handle is perfectly placed, like facing towards you, that it fits a beer can right in it. So I actually don't have... That was part of the question that I didn't say out loud was beer holder. (laughs) Um, I don't actually have a specific beer holder for it. I usually put my can just right in the the handle of my deck cooler. (laughs) But there are cool beer can or just drink cup holders for paddle boards as well. And I usually do not stand on my board. I sit because I'm all about, really, I just want to get out on the water and just relax. And I have told you the two things that I'm afraid of heights and water. And there's a very strange, sometimes both of those happen on a paddleboard. Because obviously, if I'm standing up, if you can see down into the water, it kind of gives me that vertigo, like that afraid of heights feeling, which is it's really beautiful if you can see into the water. But then I'm like, wow, I cannot fall here. You know, like I don't actually want to be in said water. 
and usually what I want to do is just get out there and that's my relax. Like I just sit, I have a beer, I fish. Sometimes I bring my fishing pole out on there. I also have a seat. So all of the things that I'm mentioning, the seat, the cooler, it's all from iRocker, but I'm also an iRocker ambassador. And so of course I'm going to have those things. I also have an electric pump from them that works really well. And that is one thing that if you're going to paddleboard a lot, I highly recommend getting an electric pump. It, is, it makes your life so easy. But I also have the kayak seat is what I was going to say. They, they call it a kayak seat. It like converts your board to like a quote unquote kayak. And it, it straps in and it sort of just allows you to sit back. And it's kind of like a crazy creek chair. You guys know those, the bleacher chair things that you can just sort of, like that would do the same thing. So you could just grab one of those and bring it with you. Thing is, this actually uh, ties in. So it's pretty cool. And then one more thing on that, if you guys do want to see the stuff that I use, you can go to travelingjackie.com slash iRocker. I like iPhone, you know, iRocker. That's the kind of board that I have. So, oh, I should probably mention it is an inflatable board and I completely stand by inflatable boards. They're so easy to throw in the back of the truck and pump up with an electric pump. Highly recommend. Great question. It is paddleboarding season right now and I'm so happy. I love getting out on my paddleboard. Next question. What do you do? If you're staying at a hostel with no lockers or way to lock up your bag while you're out, it's a good question. First of all, so I don't stay, I don't stay at hostels anymore unless I'm in a private room, just because, like I mentioned, I'm a light sleeper. And so I don't prefer to share my my room anymore. But in the past, if this were the case, I actually would rarely, I mean, you might find this strange, but I would rarely use the lockers anyway. I would just keep everything like packed up in my bag. I'm not a messy person when it comes to my backpack. It's kind of orderly. And so I would leave it all packed up and just leave it on my bed. Uh, I mean, maybe you hang a towel over your bed, like to give it a little bit of privacy. I mean, people in hostels are are cool. That's what I find, you know, like they're going to be your friends, not your, they're not interested in going through your stuff. Like they're I, I, not like... <sighs> I just, I don't want you to be afraid of the people in your hostel dorm. You will sooner have friends than enemies there unless somebody snores. And then, you know, please get your own room. But no, mostly people at hostels are super cool. No one's going to mess with your stuff. I really do. Like some people just leave their stuff everywhere. And I I even, I look at this and I stand there. I just stare. I'm like, this is amazing. Their stuff is just out and everywhere and they don't care. And you know what? No one touches it. So if you are concerned, you could always bring, like if your bag zips closed, then lock it yourself, like with your own little bag zipper or, you know, take your most valuable things in your day pack with you and wear it on your chest if you're that worried about it. Um, But I'd say, you know, leave it or find a, if it matters that much to you, find a hostel that has lockers if it matters that much to you. And otherwise go with the flow, you know. I'm actually going to link in the show notes to a really great article that we have on the Budget Minded Traveler about, it's called Why I'm 30 and Still Stay at Hostels, which is hilarious because I mean, people of all ages stay at hostels, but it's got some really great points. So if you're at all interested in digging into the hostel world, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Okay, so let's do this lightning round of personal questions. We are um, actually really far into this episode already. So if you didn't create a career out of travel, what do you think you'd be doing? You know what? I have no idea. Before I was doing this, I was doing some work in translation. So maybe it would be something along the lines of Spanish, English, something. But I feel like this whole business was born because I had to do it because this is my this is where I live. This is my existence. <laughs> my biggest passion is is in the travel world and connecting people through that. So I, I don't know. That's a good question. What do you miss most when you come back from your travels and go back into daily routine? Oh man. You know what? I've come to such a point now where I feel like my life is pretty balanced. (laughs) So now I am grateful for both. I'm grateful for the adventures and I'm grateful for the routine. Before, I think it was, uh, you know, before when I was still just rearing to go, just always wanting to be gone the thing I would miss the most is the simple adventure of absolutely everything. You know, even going to the store is an adventure. Getting breakfast is an adventure when you're in a different country. And so I think 
that just the novelty of all of that amazing adventure is what I would miss the most when I when I would come back home. But like I said, now I I really I've spent just so much time on the road that I am I'm so grateful right now to have a home of my own and and you know like a couch that has my name on it. And I mean, there are things I really appreciate about being home. So in fact, I'm trying to find all of that, use all of that as silver silver linings during COVID, you know, as I have spent a lot of time on the road. There are so many silver linings to, to being at home that I'm just trying to be grateful for all of it right now. When am I coming back to Italy for a real carbonara? Oh gosh, hopefully October. I have a carbonara recipe on the budget-minded traveler com and I shared it a while ago for it was national car international carbonara day or something and so a bunch of us were making carbonaras so I think that's where that question comes from that's actually from my friend in Italy so I love that someone asked uh, actually this is from Justin because I do care how are you holding up I appreciate this question Justin thank you um I'm okay <laughs> I'm okay. This has been a really rough season. I knew when it started that it was going to be a roller coaster, that it was going to be ups and downs, that there would be dark days, dark weeks, and there would be bright days and bright weeks. And that is what's happening. And it's, I mean, sometimes you go up the roller coaster and it's things are great and you fall again and things are dark and you come back out and things are better. And so it's, it's up and down to be very honest with you. It's up and down. And uh, I don't think any of us are without our own um, struggles ever, actually. But on top of, you know, global pandemic and all the other things, it's, it's just, it's an interesting season. But I'm okay. Thank you for asking. What do you wish you'd known before starting your long-term travel? That I have to go back to when I was like 17, honestly. And when I do, because I just, this has been my life is like long-term travel. So what do I wish I'd known? Well, I wrote a book about that, which I then turned into a course. (laughs) So if you want to learn all the things that I didn't even know to ask before, uh, you can. (laughs) I put it all into a course. So if you go to travelingjackie.com slash course, you'll find that. And that's 10 years of experience basically answering the questions that you and slash I don't even know that you need to ask at the beginning. So I think that's my answer to that one. (laughs) Thanks for asking. Next one is easy. How many countries have you been to? I am at 54. I just went to Morocco right before lockdown and that was country number 54 for me. All right, let's move on to the last few questions, which are sort of business related. First one, I kind of like this. How do you fund your life that gives you the amount of freedom to hike the amount of calendar days that you do? And I'll tell you, there's a lot. I mean, I could write a whole book on just these last few questions. And there are blogs and all sorts of resources out there that also address these. But to just sort of give them some quick answers... I designed this lifestyle so that I can do what I'm passionate about, which is not only traveling because it's in my blood and when it's in your blood, you have to answer the call, but also teaching and connecting people to travel. I'm very passionate about that and growing through travel and all of that. And so my business has sort of evolved around these passions that I have, which basically started by creating the blog and the podcast and learning how to monetize them. And, you know, all of this evolved over time. I mean, I didn't have the podcast when I started. I didn't know I was going to even do that. I didn't know I was eventually going to lead trips, although that was a silent dream of mine. You know, so it started just by starting the blog and learning how to run it like a business, which I will give you a resource for that. That is smartpassiveincome.com. That's Pat Flynn. He has a podcast that is fabulous. Uh, If you're at all interested in having an online business or blogging for real, listen to the Smart Passive Income podcast. It's where I send everybody. (laughs) 
Um, and then be open to change, be open to growth and evolving. Because like I said, I, I started with a blog. I didn't know I would be on a microphone seven years later, <laughs> you know, still. So uh, be open to what comes across your path as you are starting a business because you're not going to be able to see every rung of the ladder above you. You know, you just see the next one at a time and you work on that one and then the next one will appear, etc. So it's a long process. How to create a successful or purpose-driven travel podcast or business. I'll give you the feel-good answer on this because I, like I said, I'm I'm not the one to ask for the specifics. Actually, actually, you can ask Pat Flynn. Like he's the one who I learned a lot from at the beginning, and then you kind of just go out with resources from there. But I would say you absolutely need to be dedicated, a hundred percent dedicated to whatever it is that you choose to do and passionate about it. You need to love it because you're working on building your dream here, you know, and especially if you're going to turn it into a business, you need to shine through that. It needs to be you. And I think that there's there's a lot of noise out there. And so if you can have a unique voice, a unique platform, you know, that's how you're going to rise above. That's how you're going to differentiate yourself and it's going to be uncomfortable in a lot of ways. And hopefully, I mean, if you have the right amount of dedication and drive behind it, then it'll work for you, you know? Do something that sets you apart and make it epic. How to leverage travel blog to help make better connections and work with more people in travel. You know what? If you have a travel blog and you are looking to grow it and learn how to work in the travel industry, my best recommendation that I can give you is to go to a conference. And I'm thinking of which one to tell you to go to, but I would suggest starting with TBEX. TBEX Travel Blog Exchange is what it's called. They have them all over the world. There's a there's at least one in North America each year. And it's a really good place to start because it kind of just gets your feet wet. You you can learn from other creators, people who have gone before you in that path and and learn how to work with, with companies there. And you can network with a lot of people too. Networking is huge. Network, network, network. Reach out, meet people, collaborate, um, but go to conferences. My life has completely changed because of the conferences that I've gone to. So put yourself out there. Go, make it happen if you're serious. And then the last one, how to grow audience and listeners with a new podcast. You know what? Be interesting and share good content. (laughs) Be engaging, be inviting, share good content though. If you can solve people's problems and inspire them, then they will listen to you. And so you've got to have good content. You've got to have epic content. And, um, and then again, there are so many ways by guest blogging or, um, you know, getting on radars of other people. There's a lot of resources that you'll find when you start researching online business. Um, in fact, Pat Flynn can share with those, a lot of those with you. But uh, surprise, there is no just a magic trick. There is no elixir. (laughs) There is no formula for just suddenly succeeding. You've got to put in the work and find your marketing hat to grow your audience. I definitely think that people underestimate the amount of work and dedication and ambition and just perseverance that has to go into your own blog in any niche, really. I really think that it might look better than it is. It's hard work and it's why a lot of people don't last. And so um, you already know, I think, if this is, if it's for you, you know, like when I found out that this was a thing, that blogging was a thing, not even podcasting, When I found out that blogging as a career was a thing, I mean, I can't even tell you how a thousand percent into it I was. Everything in me, I felt like had led to that moment of finding out that this is a thing. I'm like, oh, watch out world. Here I come. You know, and I mean, I knew from the beginning it was going to work. I knew because I was in charge. (laughs) And so if you have the right, you know, tools 
to to be an entrepreneur, to market, to wear all the hats, to figure out what all the hats are and put them all on and do the thing, then, you know, you you can make it work. Um, just don't take it lightly. Please don't take it lightly for the sake of the industry, you know, don't take it lightly and um, and give it your absolute all because that's that's what we need. That's what we want to see. We want to see what you're passionate about, you know, and if you've got it, it'll it'll work. So, whew, okay, I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> I hope there was something insightful, helpful, educational, inspirational, maybe in there for you. Once again, thank you to everybody who submitted questions. I'm sorry if I didn't get to yours. I will try not to go so long between Ask Jackie sessions going forward. Also, I had a lot of links that I shared today. So I'm going to put some of them in the episode show notes. And you can always hit me up at Traveling Jackie on Instagram if you would like to say hi or at jumppodcast.com for more about the show and my group trips, etc. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you being here truly. And I will catch you guys next time. Take care of yourselves. 